It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. Favourite sausage? What's yours? Pork and fennel. Do you guys go onion and tomato sauce? No. No sauce, no onion. Ben, do you find it weird that Joey has no tomato sauce on his sausage sizzle? Yeah, raise my Yeah, that's not on. (laughs) This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I can't remember that. Who are we talking to then? Who was that? Ben. Is that some punter, wasn't it? On ben the who? breakfast show. Oh, it was. A, oh, because of course we did breakfast. Last oh, time we were yes. together, team, when we're doing breakfast hours. But it's nice to be back in our normal Dead Set Legends time slot of Saturday morning. How are you both? Oh, we're great. It is weird that you don't have sauce on your sausage. Um, Joey, so weird. It's, Just it's, get a good quality sausage, nice pork and fennel. You don't need any tomato sauce. Want it be a relish or something on the side? Occasionally need? I do. I don't oh, say I always go, but I like <laughs> a plain sausage. Just starting to fold on that very strong stance of ours. Hey, what a week, uh, team. The grand final, of course. I tell you what, it was one-sided. You know, we knew it was over early, but I, I still really enjoyed the game. I thought there were so many sort of subplots and different storylines throughout the game that I saw... I, and I, I thought that um, I still thought it was quite good quality. I know it was one sided, and it, you know we all knew the result early. But I still like the Selwood, you know the Hawkins early, um, you know Jeremy Cameron, the Isaac Smith. What a Norm Smith middle story Isaac Smith was. You know how old is he? Thirty four. His grandfather unfortunately passes the week of the grand final. He says goodbye to him. You know I just I thought I know it was one sided. But I still love the grand final. Yeah, can't say I necessarily agree, Jay. Yeah, I was like no, a lot of people. I, I, tuned off, I tuned out at half time. It must be fair. I yep. mean, you know, love grand final. But at half time, the game was, to the bar. game was done and dusted. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, we sort of went to the bar, started socialising, mm-hmm. kept a bit of an eye on it. But really, once the competition was gone out of it, it didn't really matter for me too much what happened in that second half. But well done to the Cats. We haven't seen each other. It was an unbelievable, yep. unbelievable performance. You look back now and go, they clearly were the best team for, yep. for a mm. big, big part of the year. So yep. well done to them. And, Kath, you're over in Perth, we see. You've got the Fremantle Best and Fairest tonight. Yes, the Doig Medal tonight in Perth at Crown Perth. So I'm looking forward to, to going along and hosting that. Um, but just, pardon, who yeah, wins? I'm pretty yeah. sure Brayshaw would win, I would have thought. Yeah, I think I'll put a, a bit guess. of yeah. – yeah, yeah, I'm guessing – yeah, I think you've got – yeah, Maybe I'm on Brayshaw. on Brayshaw with you. Hey, just a quick one back to I wanted to ask Joe. Did you at all think what would have happened in last week's grand final if Collingwood had have beaten Sydney? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You think it would have been a much much more competitive game? Certainly, yeah. probably would have been close if it was a Collingwood game. Would have gone either way. But they are the, they are the things. Unfortunately, it's now I think eleven out of twenty two grand finals have been decided by forty points or more. So as much yeah, as we love. Same. I had a look at the, the the results. We haven't had too many close grand finals recently. No. Like Collingwood West Coast in 2018, obviously a beauty, but you've got to go back a fair way to find some really close ones. So, yeah, a bit disappointing, but well done, Geelong. Tell you what was the highlight. You mentioned all the nice stories, Jay-Z, but what about Robbie Williams? Yeah, he was sensational. He lived up to the hype, didn't he? I tell you what, the um the, the great crew who we spoke to from Mushroom, they've got a problem. They've got a huge problem because how in the hell do they <laughs> how find How do you top that? That's yes. right. <laughs> yeah. They've got a big headache. So good good luck to uh, Travis and the I've crew. got a solution. Yep. You just get Bruce Springsteen. Next year, that's, I that's agree. the only way you can top yep. Robbie Williams, isn't it? Yep, I'm with you. Yep, man, my parents would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Gents, the season may be done, but there's still a lot to talk about in the footy world. Brad Scott being appointed Essendon coach, and then 
well, the fallout with that and Kevin Sheedy and his comments probably. And then obviously trade news as well, Jay-Z. Yeah. It's all happening. Yeah, some breaking news probably first up before we get to Sheedy's extraordinary comments wow. last night. Um, it's unbelievable what's happening there. But uh, Jack Graham, he toured um, Port Adelaide yeah. throughout the week. Uh, Joey Hardnut, man touted as a future at Richmond. Captain met with Ken Hinckley and Chris Davies over there at Port Adelaide. Staying at Richmond has made the call. It's official really? this morning. So... The Tigers midfielder, despite sort of Hopper and Taranto coming in, he sort of thought, oh, is he going to have his role diminished a little bit? Port Adelaide missed out on Josh Dunkley. He'd be the perfect man to come in and fly a co-pilot with Ollie Wines in there. But he's staying at Richmond. He's told the power. He's told the Tigers. Um, he's got a contract uh, trigger clause, which will keep him at the club till the end of 2024, which when he becomes a um, free agent. He was in demand. Port Adelaide very keen. Jack Graham, Tiger fans, good news, staying at Richmond. Gee whiz, wow. wasn't impressed with Albert. I know. He went to the facilities and <laughs> yeah. walked away. Went, eh, you know what? It's always a little yeah. bit awkward when they've done a tour. Yeah, in his defence, he's going home. He's hanging out with his family. Chris uh, Ken Hickley calls him. Yeah. Said, boys, can you can just come in for yeah. a chat?" He's doing the right thing. Yeah. I think he's being polite. I mean, they they were really keen. So I, I get why he did it. I don't think we hold that against players. Um, but he's locked into Richmond and a very underrated player. Still I a feature. future captain. Still yeah. potentially a future captain yeah, in, in a couple of years' time. So that's a good good hold for the Tigers. Okay, can we get to the Essendon story? Yep. So this is quite unbelievable. I mean, you were you were discussing Brad Scott as a potential uh, candidate for this job last week when we were doing breakfast, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. and then he's since got the job. But then it's Kevin Sheedy's comments. So he's come out and said, no, I, I did not, you know, because the Endorsed. club released mm-hmm. the statement that's saying that the board fully endorsed this decision to, mm-hmm. to hire and appoint Brad Scott as Essendon coach. And Kevin Sheedy's gone, no. No, 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 we didn't fully endorse it because I voted for James Hurd. Yeah. I mean, this club sometimes just can't take a trick. Yeah. It There's trips always over something itself. happening. It trips over itself, the Essendon Football Club. This is, well, I think this is still a great day for the Bombers. A new coach, I think Brad Scott brings an experienced yep. hand. His North Melbourne teams, for 10 years, generally speaking, punched above their weight. I think they had an okay list, and he took them to two preliminary finals. So he he's going to be great for their culture. He's a very hard but fair man. So I like the appointment. Adam Uze, you know, super with the young blokes, tactically uh, superb, but they've gone for someone with a bit more experience, which shouldn't be that surprising because that's what they said for from this, the get-go. But the whole thing was partly overshadowed by Kevin Sheedy on the board saying, I want all the Essendon fans to know that I voted for Hurdy, his premiership captain. Of course, now it was LA. It was 9 o'clock over there. I'm not sure whether he had a couple of pina coladas, mm. Joey, but there's definitely <laughs> something going on because he got the truth serum, spoke to Mark Robinson. What a story. Robbo's had a superb week and says, I want everyone to know, like, is it selfish? Is it selfish of Kevin Sheedy on the board to basically row the boat in a different direction and Say you know I didn't I wanted to go a different way. I want to know where he keeps his pom poms. The cheerleader for James Heard. Where does he keep them? <laughs> what part of the bedroom? Like seriously, yes. so he's basically letting everyone know I yep. wanted James Heard. I yep. voted for Herdy, and I want all the Essendon fans to know. Yeah. So really now he's he's rolling the boards untenable. Certainly. I c- couldn't agree more. So officially, his term doesn't end until next year. He's yeah. going to come back to Australia. It's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Like, I think when he when he threw Clarko under the bus a little bit with the whole Tasmanian comment, that's when, like, I thought that was extraordinary. Yeah. Then he's done this. Like, is he working in the best interests of the Essen Football Club? I know he's a legend of the club. But, but this yeah, was... Exactly. So how do they have that conversation? 
With Kevin Sheedy. Well, I think I think Essendon, they right, have to. they've got to stand up to this stuff, right? Because yeah. this is a sort of political sort of Essendon love-in, I think, which has personally held the club back a bit. All respect to Kevin Sheedy for what he's achieved in the game. Is he still the best person for that job on the board? I wouldn't have thought so from what I've seen in the last 24 hours. So I think as a football club, they need to move on um, from that. It was an extraordinary thing um, to do, to sort of have a swipe at your own football club. Mm. On a red letter day. And they want mm. the stability. So now move him aside, get that stability with the board, the new board that are going to all row in the same direction, support Brad Scott, get some stability, which is all any supporter and anyone at the club wants, yeah. and see if they can actually climb back up the ladder and win a final, which is what they all want to do. They've got enough talent on their list, Jay-Z. I've yes. been banging on this for years. Their yes. talent is on the list. Yep. They now need a coach and everyone in that football department. They still need another a CEO Yes. Still needs to be appointed. Yeah. So once they can do that, then they can all row in the same direction over pre-season yep. and get back up the ladder. It is exactly what Essendon didn't want, really, yeah. for this old Essendon sort of garbage to re-emerge. So, yeah. you know, I think they've got to make a change there or certainly get uh, Sheeds to um, get on board with the rest of the football club. How are you, Brad Scott? How are you feeling if you're Brad Scott? If you've just had this appointment, you take over and then that's the first thing that happens. Like, I think he'd be a bit frustrated yeah. and he's bitten his tongue to his credit. But yeah. honestly, he would be rolling his eyes. I like the, the list at the Bombers too. Yeah. They've got, they could get an extra top 10 pick if they can secure Jack Bowes and pick seven from Gold Coast. That's another top end talent. You think of the uh, Ben Hobbs, Harry Jones, Nick Cox, Archie Perkins, Zach Reed. There's heaps coming. You know, there, there's a bit there. So, look, I, I like Essendon um, and I think they bounce next year. I think Scotty be great for him, yep. and um, I think he's a good appointment. I just think they need to really sort out this board because how has Essendon's board yeah. performed over the last little bit? I think it's questionable. It's just pretty hard when when the man involved is is an Essendon legend mm. and has delivered the club so much success, but time does move on and, and things change, doesn't it? Gents, this morning Luke Hodge has released a statement. This was only in the last hour, and it, it's in relation to a report that I'm going to get you to explain, Jay-Z, but... But Luke Hodges basically uh, said that he cannot speak to the confronting accusations, which we've all learned about in the Hawthorne racism report. But what I can do is share my own personal experiences of some of the people I know who have been named. And he's gone into a bit of detail um, speaking about his relationship with Alistair Clarkson, Chris Fagan and Jason Bird and the, and the the time and and um, support those men gave him and his family over his football career. He said, I know people have their own opinions on what I'm saying, but I just had to show support in a tough time for those that did exactly that for me throughout the more challenging moments of my life. My experience with each of these men is that they only ever wanted the best for me and my family, and I wish them well in what is an extremely challenging time for everyone involved. So, Jay-Z, what's, what's prompted... Luke Hodge, do you think, to, to publicly speak it and get involved? Yeah, I sort of think that something like that from Hodgie has probably been brewing for a while because he sees two of his closest football friends in Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson go through this process. And as they've both said, or as Clarko said last week, you know, he, he feels like his um, reputation is already being damaged by these allegations to this point have been untested. So that there is a real, there's some real disappointment in the process to this point and some questions about how the process is going to be um, handled from here because ev- we, we just want everyone to get a fair hearing and we essentially just want the truth. Now, whether these Indigenous families and players are going to feel um, comfortable putting their name to this sort of stuff and then being sort of cross-examined potentially is a, is a you know, really difficult space um, because... 
you know, this is this is every chance to be just become a big court battle, a big mm. legal battle here. Football's headed for the courts for the second time in ten years, and that that completely overshadowed the game last time with the old um, Essendon situation. So I I don't feel like there's going to be a quick end to this. But Caroline Wilson has written um, in the Age about. Um, um, some some detail relating um, him forcing all the S, uh, Hawthorne players to hand in their phones on a Sydney trip. So at the time, Sam Mitchell was playing for him, had young twins who were going through some health issues. He had to be in constant contact with his wife as the twins were in and out of hospital. And then Clarko sort of putting football first. They hadn't beaten Sydney for a while at the SCG or in Sydney. Says, right, everyone's got to focus. Give me all your phones. Let's go and get this job done. Now, I remember you telling that story at the time, didn't you? That was a story that we did Paul, with, they yeah. put it all in a, in a bag. They all put their phones in a, in a yeah. big bag and yeah. kept them for the weekend. And this we did write about at the time. And the Mitchell family was clearly unhappy about this yeah. because obviously they were apart and they're, you know, family first sort of thing. Anyway, so Clark, um, Carolyn Wilson has again brought this to the fore and sort of sort of explained how his hardline football methods, you know, weren't for everyone. So this isn't, rela- this isn't in relation really to the issues relating to the Indigenous players, but it does sort of speak to the regime that was run at, um, F- at Hawthorne in terms of, you know, how hard-edged um, it was. So, um, look, I-, I think this is – it's it's a harrowing – it's been a harrowing month for the people involved and really hard to know where this goes. Um, Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan and Jason Burt, Mark Evans, um, we hope they get a fair hearing and um, can really tell the truth. Chris Fagan wasn't at the Brisbane Best and Ferris last night. Or he did a video message um, and said sort of, you know, there's a bit going on. So, you know, it's a really difficult time for the game and whether Gil McLaughlin, Kath, now has to stay on to oversee really this next part of the process, it, it might be crucial. The game might need that stability. And it does feel it will go on through next year, doesn't it? So that's going to be the thing. This will be this will be an issue that will be going for months and months. So the AFLCA is called to quicken the process, but I can't see it being wrapped up. And this is going to take months. I'm told the North Melbourne playing group are pretty flat yeah, at, at the oh, moment yeah. because he would be. Alistair Clarkson came in, there was such a high, and now he's not going to be missing. Now Lee Adams probably takes over um, – for a little bit, it's had a huge impact on them. Brisbane, similar. So, you know, will well, they North be... are just back where they were and wondering who's going to be their coach and, and where this club is heading. Yep. Uh, do you think, Jay-Z, that the damage has already been done in the sense of when we talk about this Hawthorne dynasty and this Hawthorne time now, yep. it's forever going to be tarnished a bit by this story. I mean, every time we speak about Hawthorne in this era, it's yep. the, the incredible team they were, the premierships, yep. the 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 talent they had on their list and the master coach that was Alistair Clarkson. Do you think this story, no matter where it goes now, has forever tarnished that, which is not pretty- I, I think it depends on the truth. So for whatever the, the truth is, if 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 the truth is that these things didn't happen, then I don't think it'd be tarnished. If the truth is in the AFL finds and potentially a court finds that these allegations do stand up and they were true, they were true. Then yeah, I think there would be a shadow. But at this stage, I think they are just allegations, and we've got to treat people um, fairly and, and give them the chance of natural justice. If Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan, if it, if it is proven that they didn't say those things and these issues didn't happen. Um, then I think it's all clear. They may argue that um, from a defamatory perspective that their reputations are being tarnished and then yep. therefore it will be headed to court. But I'm not putting the asterisk on the Hawthorne Premiership gold era at this stage. No. And you really hope that um, this panel can get sorted quick, smart, yep. and and Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson can 
tell their side of the story, which they, they so deserve. This is yep. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We've got Rusty coming up next. I'm pretty sure he's in Singapore, the lucky duck for the Singapore Grand Prix. We're going to chat to him next. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Chain Kath. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Let's bring in Rusty. Thanks to Bendix Brakes. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Good morning, Rusty. Now, is it true you are in Singapore? Kath, good morning. It is. Uh, it's magic <laughs> to be back. Obviously, the race hasn't been a part of Formula One since 2019. So uh, the city missed it during the, the pandemic, naturally. Uh, they're back. They're back in a big way. They, In addition to what happens on track, they have some major music acts like uh, Black Eyed Peas, you name it. The, the whole thing is just done so well. And practice overnight under lights is pretty cool. Lewis Hamilton quickest in session one and the Ferraris on top in session two. I was there in 2019, Cathy, as a special event going to the Singapore Grand Prix. Got a ticket off. Hey, Max Verstappen technically can wrap it up this weekend. Rusty, do you think he'll do it? Uh, mathematically, yes. He says no. He thinks it's, it's too difficult. If you run the slide rule over it, he needs Charles Leclerc to finish seventh or worse. Uh, Sergio Perez, his own teammate, can't finish on the podium. Um, and to top it all off, he would have to win it. So, but there is a school of thought from a few people that, you know, given the form that he's shown this year, even when the chips have been down in qualifying and that he's been able to come through and win, that it's not beyond the realms of possibility. So um, pretty amazing if he can go back-to-back, um, grab his second world title. He's only just turned 25. He did that yesterday here. Can you believe it? And... Can you believe Bathurst is right around the corner too, uh, Rusty? Shane Van Gisbergen, he's he's tackling the World Rally Championship event in New Zealand. So so the final test for his car for Bathurst was left up to his teammate, Garth Tander. Yep, and what a good set of hands, Kat, uh, to, to leave the car with. Um, so Garth chalked up a heap of laps there uh, in Queensland. He calls his teammate, Juha Van Gisbergen, because he's off doing the rally stuff. And Shane... <laughs> I mean, it's such a different discipline. He's running 11th at the moment. It's not an outright car. He's within 30 seconds of getting in the top 10. And that is his debut in the World Rally Championship. I think we sort of need to pause and appreciate just how amazing that is. But the two of them together, when they get to the mountain next week, Garth and Shane, they will be very good and a combo to watch in good shape. Hey, Rusty, enjoy Singapore. Enjoy the Black Eyed Peas as well. I'm not sure. Are you a Black Eyed Peas man? <laughs> my, my, I've got my kids here with me for their first ever Formula One race, so they are dragging oh. everywhere to take it all in. They're loving it. What a cool dad you are. Hey, Rusty, appreciate your time. Enjoy Singapore. See ya. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rusty. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Saturday scoreboard, a bit of sport happening all around. Hey, the NBL, we're going to chat to Corey Homicide Williams soon, but that kicks off tonight. That's going to be a cracking season. The Southeast Phoenix are playing against the Jack Jumpers. The NRL will do a bit of a deep dive of the NRL grand final later on in the show, but it's, of course, Penrith, the almighty Penrith Panthers taking on Parramatta out west. That's going to be a cracking grand final. Australia in the cricket, they're going uh, taking on the West Indies in two T20s starting on Wednesday both up in Queensland, one at Metricon and one at the Gabba. And then some AFLW news, Jay-Z. Last night was the showdown. The Crows v Port Adelaide. The Crows won by 60 points. They kept Port Adelaide to three behinds. That's now, listen to the last two games for uh, Adelaide Crows. 23 goals, 22 to four behinds. They have that, no, they've nine quarters in a row they've gone without conceding a goal, the Adelaide Crows. So... 
bit lopsided. Uh, some big games today. Bulldogs played Geelong, St Kilda, Collingwood, and Brisbane Essendon. Joey, is a story brewing here? My, my detector's going off because you say there have been some lopsided results. Adelaide is not allowing their opposition to score a goal, to be honest. Like, have we got an, an equalisation issue here? Like, can they? Yes, we do, but we knew it. We knew that this year there was going to be some lopsided results with brand new franchise teams Four playing against teams. established yep. established franchises. So that was the risk? That was always going to happen. Right. Yeah. So you, this is not a surprise no. to you, but these there, do we have to look at a mechanism like in the AFL with sort of North Melbourne getting some priority pick sort of assistance? Is that something that you I, think? I think the expansion teams over the next few years will need some extra support some help. at the draft or some some sort of free agency rules to try and just bring the competition. We don't want it to be these lopsided results for for years on end. I think we understood this was going to happen this year, probably next year as well. But I think maybe we, they, the AFL should look at just some equalisation. You're right, some, some techniques to just tighten it up. Quickly, did you guys both see the Steve Price column? Potting the AFLW. I saw the headline. Yeah, I was, saw the headline. I didn't, didn't read it. It was online yeah, yesterday. Steve Price saying, would never watch an AFLW game anyway. Well, you call it, Joey. What do you? you, you what do you? What's your well, view what on he, that? He said, "What? It's the same level as what well, the high school boys' that, footy was." But I saw that Chloe Malloy. That's goal. just a shock jock who's trying to get a, get an article, get a clickbait, and make a big yeah. story. He would never clue, to be I, honest. I watch my um, six year old daughter watch the AFL women's. Her eyes light up every time yeah. the girls come on telly. I saw yeah. that Chloe Malloy goal. Last, I've watched that 10 times. I, that was a brilliant goal. I love it. You call yeah. it every week, yeah. Joey. And uh, yeah. I just want another one too, Saturday score. I want to t- talk about the female sport. The uh, the Opals have been playing mm. in the FIBA World Cup. I've been watching this. They oh, you love been, the Opals. You get I, right around I them. I do. They were my favourite growing up, the Opals. They, they've been awesome. They're playing for a bronze medal game today against Canada in the uh, in the FIBA World Cup. They just got beaten by what China happened? by happened? two points what happened? to play off in the gold medal game. Unfortunately, they uh, they fouled with three seconds to go to put the uh, Chinese on the foul line. They made both and we couldn't uh, tie it up. So unfortunately, we miss out in the gold medal game. But playing for a bronze, it's been great to watch the Opals. They are stars. Lauren Jackson, 41 years of age. Amazing. Still playing yeah, what a show. legend. Mm. Didn't you do this growing up as a little boy? You'd stay up and watch the Opals. The Opals are my favourites. Mm. Ask Mama Montagna if you could stay up late and watch the Opals. <laughs> I love the Opals. <laughs> Let's talk trades, Jay-Z. Uh, well, firstly, actually, before that, Jordan Degoe, he's been one of the stories all season and... I don't want to steal your joke here, Joey, but would you like to say don't what you quite, just said? Don't try and put it on me. You said he's not to going anywhere. <laughs> oh, I believe you went with that. that. <laughs> Jay-Z, the question I want to ask, what is now the clause in his contract, do you believe, in regards to the behavioural issue? Is there any behavioural issues? Is there some? What's your take on what's in that contract? No, I, th- I think in the end, um, Collingwood um, does have some protection in regards to his behaviour for the first two years of that five-year deal, but I think in the end it's sort of pretty watered down to something that's um, a bit sort of standard in the sense that if, if there it's is, a police matter or something yeah, like that. Like yeah. if it's something serious where he's yeah. being arrested again in New York yeah. or, you know, involved in some really disrespectful matter to women, I think they're obvious red flags which could help rip up but his not if someone's contract. filming him at a pub trying to catch him out doing nah. something. You know, like, and, yeah, so, I mean, and, and, and I that think, is... I think fair enough for them to holding off a little bit and just saying, hang on, we're not going to sign a yeah. tight contract with all these behavioural yeah. clauses. I mean, who, who would sign a contract like that? Yeah, so, you know the report saying, "Oh, you've got to sign whatever's put in front of you." I don't know. You agree don't. with that? Of course you don't. No. I think credit to Collingwood for not sort of folding on it. I think they um, negotiated, and St Kilda was still in this or well, around the edges. I think. I think it was a more lucrative um, deal, so he's, he's left some money on the table uh, there. It, I always thought that. Um, with what we saw in the back half of the season, Jordan Ngoi was always much likely to stay because he looked happy. Yeah. He was playing some great footy. Is he the type to go to a new club and then sort of, you know, 
be involved in a new leadership group, you know, new playing group, have to sort of lead or be seen as a leader. I think he's best at Collingwood, but Craig McRae and Pendlebury and the boys can look after him, and that's where he flourished. So I always thought he would stay. It's a great result. I'm interested in St Kilda, Joey, because this was a key crossroad for them. This was a key junk jab. They could get Jordan Degoe. They could help catapult them into the top four mix. Now they're at risk of just treading water, and you don't want to be a club that's just treading water. So what do they do? Well, they need to make a strategy decision. I think that, as you said, they were planning on still topping up, bringing in more talent and thinking that they could elevate them. Maybe now they just reset a little bit and say, okay, we might just need to try and get in some more young talent and build a new core uh, rather than just topping up with sort of some more mature players. But, yeah, they seem to be the one now that have missed out and doesn't seem to be a lot of talk about what else they're going to do this None. trade period. So they're going to be fascinating. But a few other clubs are going to be very active, in particular Geelong. Yes. seem like they're going to be active, which is scary again. Are they yep. going to continue to bring in some oh. younger talent this time and just – Keep being in the top four. I take what my about- hat off to Andrew Mackey and Stephen Wells yeah. because the moves they're making is really setting them up for a renewed tilt. They so you know, Ollie Henry is yeah. he? Yep. So Ollie Henry. Um, yesterday uh, we wrote the story that he is going to Geelong or wants to go to Geelong. This will be a tough negotiation because Collingwood wants a first round pick. Was Ollie a top Henry, twenty pick. Wasn't he? Yes, yeah. seventeen. Yeah. So he came as part of the Adam Trelaw trade. That was the Adam Trelaw pick, and 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 they like him. Like he's sort of one eighty nine, really good in the air. He's played twenty five games over his first two years. And you think that Sam DeConing played, I think, one game over his first two years. He is developing nicely, um, Ollie Henry. So he goes to Geelong, and I think is probably a replacement for Gary Rowan. Ollie Henry's one eighty nine. Gary Rowan's one eighty eight. He could come in for him, you know, develop. And adds to that Hawkins, Stengel, um, Cameron. Still got Radagalia not getting a game. Radagalia, I think he might be headed to Port Adelaide. There's some interest there. We can maybe talk about that one later. But also Tanner Brune, right? So he comes in, he adds, you know, some youthful, fresh legs. So I think the moves here, plus they could get Jack Bowes from Gold Coast. And get that pick seven, which is up for grabs, which is the most remarkable deal on the table in this year's trade period, I think. So then with seven, they either split those picks or they get a top-end young talent, their highest pick since Joel Selwood in 2006. Plus, they can get Mark O'Connor for nothing in the supplemental selection period. Mark, Mark O'Connor. No, the other um, Irish. Connor McKenna. Con- Connor McKenna. Sorry. Is there a chance McKenna. to go to Geelong? Yes. So it is, as I said, Mackie and Wells have been doing unbelievable work. <laughs> this brings in some top-line uh, talents. They could go back to back. They're the best team in the competition. Absolutely take it off. But the question I've got for you, Joey, is so Collingwood bring in McStay from Brisbane and Bobby Hill from GWS, but lose Ollie Henry. Yeah. So do they come out in front or behind in this deal, do you think? Oh, a, they don't. I think it's a big loss, Ollie Henry, because mm. they don't have a lot of elite young talent. They've got some talent, you know, Ginevan and McCreary and McRae. McRae have played. I mean, certainly Nick Dacos is a freak. So you've got you've got him. They probably needed to keep some really top-end talent because, you know, their senior players are getting on a bit. You know, Sidebottom and Pendlebury and Howe and, and these guys. So it will be a big bloke. So you just wonder the McStay, the McStay recruit would want to work for yep. Collingwood to justify losing Ollie Henry. So that's going to be the big watch and the big talking point yep. is what does Daniel McStay do for that team next year? Does he make them better? We'll have to see. Not sure. Not what, convinced. So pick and one. Pick one, Joey. McStay who, or Henry? Who would you rather? Would you rather McStay at your footy club or would you rather keep Henry? If you had I'd, to rather, I'd rather Ollie Henry at my footy club. Yep. Ooh. Yep, I would. Mm. But he's got more upside, doesn't he, in terms of age? Oh, I think so. How old's Dan, Dan McStay? 26. Would 26 Dan McStay or so? Yeah. yeah. And oh, shown what yeah. he's got. Dan McStay showed his level. 
you know, what do you, where Ollie Henry's got huge upside. It's a workhorse. Yeah. Hey, um, what about Scott Pendlebury? I know I bang on about this man a lot, but last <laughs> night. No, I've never heard you talk about Pendles. Finished. Do you want to, do you want to. Are you close with Pendles? Do you want to say. Do you say, like Pendles? <laughs> did you get a mention in his speech? Where did he finish runner up last night? He finished second. second. Right. So what is he? Oh, did he? That's now well 10, done. 10 times he's been top three. No. No. 14. 14 times. Four, 14, 14 times. Out of um, what? 16 years. Seven. I think this is his 17th 17. season. Right, so he's thirty-four. Yeah. Like it is an un- unbelievable effort. Second, what's behind. his co- contract situation? Pendles he's got one more year. One more to go. Yeah. Did one you get more. a thank you in his speech? <laughs> hey, just quickly some B and F results. While we're talking about B and Fs, uh, yes. Paddy Cripps won Carlton's B and F. That's his fourth yep. best and fairest. That's putting him right up there. Rarefied it. Bruce mm. Dool one behind John Nichols. Uh, Clayton Oliver just won his fourth best and fairest at Melbourne. He's probably still going to win another three or four. So he'll go down as probably Melbourne. He could argue one of Melbourne's all-time greats. Yeah. Is he? A, that, do you that, think he'll end up a better player than Max Gorn? Do you think it'll be at the end of their careers? Yes, yes, yes. Oliver would be a better player than. Gorn. I heard oh, Gary Lyon speak one. about this, and and when you factor in Clayton Oliver's age and what he's already got on his football resume, yep. I mean, what he's he 24, 25? twenty four, twenty five. I think he's just turned twenty five. And you look at his football resume, he's still got plenty more to add in terms of time on his side. Yeah. So And Lockie Neal won another best and first at the Brisbane Lions. Um, we get, have a think about this, come back to it. Um, for next year, who do you think, if you were on uh, Lee Montagna's top 50 players, who do you think, who would you have number one? We'll come back to it, have a think. Who do you think will be start in this season as the number one player in the competition uh, next year? We know Paddy Cripps won the Brownlow, Clayton Oliver's a superstar. Good question. Good question. Dustin Martin. You know, no, getting a bit older. Anymore. Can't, can't, well, second hour, I want your answer okay. to that question. Give me yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> You've got 10 minutes. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Gents, the NBL season, the new NBL season kicks off tonight. We've got a double header, South East Melbourne Phoenix taking on the Tassie Jack Jumpers, and it's the Illawarra Hawks taking on the Sydney Kings. We've got so many new imports in the competition. It's looking like, Joey, the most even season in recent memory in NBL history. Who better to talk to than Corey Homicide Williams? He joins us. Corey, you must be pumped for this new season. Oh, good morning. I so am so pumped for NBL 23. Uh, really, really exciting games coming on this weekend. And Southeast Melbourne Phoenix versus Tassie sets the tone. Corey, is this the most talent you think we've had in the NBL in years? I mean, some of these imports that we've got in the competition this year have got NBA experience. They've been all over the world. A lot of new imports and a lot of teams. It's really hard to get a gauge at the moment. Is this as good a talent as we've assembled in the NBL? You know, it's crazy. Every year I've said the same thing. It's gotten better and better. And this year, 100%, the deepest talent pool we have, 100%. What about Aaron Baines? I mean, he's been a significant recruit for the league coming um, from the NBA, of course, picked up by Brisbane Bullets. He had that really weird neck injury, which meant he couldn't play for the Boomers, I'm right. So um, he seems to have been recovered and picked up by Brisbane. Are we expecting him to be dominant inside, Corey? That is the strongest big man. Look, I would have nightmares having to defend this man in the post if I know I got to guard him the day before. The other day, he's looking for 50 kilograms dumbbells to warm up with. The gym that they were in in Brisbane, Sam McKinnon, the GM, stated, and and they posted it online. Like, it's uh, he's too strong. He'll be in the NBA next season, and it's a pleasure to have a gentleman like him in the NBL suiting up for the Brisbane Bullets this season. I think that's a huge feather in the cap for the NBL, that they've become a genuine springboard back into the uh, NBA for some of these top young talents who we've seen in recent years. Who wins it, do you think? Who's who's the favourite to start the season, Homicide? Who do you think, if you're going to make an early call, who you, who'd you be backing? 
Oh, I'm backing 100% Perth Wildcats. Oh. 100%. They, they didn't make finals last missed year, out. did they? First time in 35 years they missed out. First you expect them to 30. bounce back. Why the Wildcats? Why the Wildcats? Because I'll tell you why. Number one, <laughs> you just said it, 33 years. That streak is now broken. I would hate to be on that team if I broke that streak. So they're going to come out fully loaded, pissed off, and doing everything they possibly can to ensure that that never happens again. What about, Corey, speaking of the Wildcats, has there been a bit of a war of words between the Wildcats and Sydney Kings? I mean, we love a little bit of spice in the preseason leading up to a new season. Big catchy. Well, I'll tell you this right now. There's never short. <laughs> There's no short of words when it comes to the Sydney Kings. You know that. Like, that, that's what they do. And they're the champs. And, you know, a couple of years ago, Remember, during the year when COVID actually occurred, the Sydney Kings actually forfeited and lost the grand finals to Perth because of the forfeit. So, you know, there's some bad blood there between Perth and uh, Sydney. Yeah. So there'll be, yeah. there'll be beef throughout the whole year. We'll keep an eye on that. And what about uh, what about this, this other storyline? So you think Perth will bounce back, but we've got can the Jack Jumpers do it again? It was almost the Cinderella story last year. Brisbane and Adelaide have recruited really well. We spoke about Aaron Baines. New Zealand get to go back home and play some home games in front of a crowd. There's a lot of storylines. And, of course, the Kings and United, a couple of the big formidable sides. What else are you looking forward to? Which sort of storyline do you think we're going to be keeping an interest in this year? Well, for me, there's so many storylines. There's so many storylines, but the most, uh, the most uh, important storyline for me, I need to see Perth. Tasmania, they have, I mean, think about this. You couldn't have scripted that yesterday, last season with Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. You couldn't have scripted it. Could they do it again? We're going to have to see. Do I believe so? I don't believe so, but I do believe they'll make the top six. Mm-hmm. They'll make the top six. That I believe. And, Corey, before we let you go, mate, Ben Simmons is going to be a huge story in the NBA this year, the NBA season just around the corner. Staying at Brooklyn, uh, Kyrie and KD are also staying. What are we expecting? Uh, what are you expecting from Ben Simmons? Because he endured a, a, a really turbulent year last year or last season. Do you think he can restore his reputation as a genuine star of the NBA? 100%. And I think, you know, a lot of times, look, we're all human. We're all flawed. Mistakes happen. Things happen. Life is not all all rosy. Yep. Not all peaches and cream. But what we have to do is get support. And I think the biggest support system he has are two superstars that are championship winning, multi all stars, two Hall of Famers, first ballot next to him. So I think that he's going to have actually a great season. And regardless of what, he's going to actually fly under the radar because there's going to be more pressure on Kyrie and KD especially after their off-season antics, for them to deliver more, and Ben Simmons, then Ben. So I think he's going to be great. That's what we like to hear. But tonight, it is all about the NBL season. The Hungry Jacks NBL season tips off tonight, and you can watch watch both games on ESPN and K Sports. Corey, appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Homicide. This Look. is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Jankath. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Speaking of things that have raised my very bushy eyebrow, I see in the... You don't um, have bushy eyebrows, do you? Yes, he does. Thickish. 
Not as thick as Joey's. Um, so the front cover of on the Herald Sun um, weekend magazine, which is always a great read. We got yeah, Cole, I do like that one. Got the Cole Chalmers here headline, calm after the storm. But he's got the blue pinstripe suit on, Joey. Just talk me through this, Kath. I want your advice as well. He's still. Oh, I've never been a fan of pinstripe, so I can just I can. I'll just voice my opinion there. Well, I notice on the tag of his sleeve here on the cuff, he's still got like the um, the, the, the little tag. tag. On it, and it's, oh, no. I think it says has he? sleep fit. What that says to me is he's borrowed that suit and he has to give it back, so he can't pick off the tag because it's not his suit. Hang to on, keep where's it. the tag? Are we talking one of those tags where it, it goes it off, off yeah, in the, the yeah, yeah. store? Yeah. Right, like you so need one of them. Oh no, those sort of tags. One of oh, two that's... things. One of two things has happened here. There's a new fashion trend where we're leaving tags on, and he's really become the poster <laughs> I, child of it. I don't think that's or, it. Or or he has to take it back. But it is. I reckon the tag says slim fit. Um, yeah. which is, I don't know, bold, um, you know, to be still leaving that on Joey. And I just want, I just, I've, this, I've never seen this before. And if you're wearing it like that on the front sort of photo shoot of the Herald Sun weekend, I just, I think we need to get across this trend, Joey, because I thought that was a. You, cut, you take it off. So you can, you can Photoshop <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you hey, Did you off. want my, yes. asked who would go into next season is the number one player in the game? Joey's top oh, yes. 50. Yeah. For 2023. So it's not who's going to be the best at the end of the year. It's going into next season. Who are the best? So I've gone to a quick, quick number, top five. Oh, so five. Don't you just take the top five from but the Brownlow middle? Ready. Well, not really. Not Work quite back the Brown. from five. Okay. So one. Christian Petrarca at five. He's still in the top five best players in the game. Paddy Cripps at four, winning the Brownlow Brown medal, but I've got three ahead of him. Clayton Oliver at three. What? You're going into the year third best player in the comp. We're on air here, Joey. Yeah. Well, you're English should be higher. <laughs> Lockie, Neal, Lockie Neal at two. Why are you surprised by that, Clayton no, Oliver? Are you surprised that he was too high or low? Keep going and I'll offer the back. Number one. Who was number two? Lockie Neal, second best player yeah. in the competition. I think it's hard to argue. Jeremy Cameron going into next year is oh, the number one player in the game. Yeah, he's still right. only 29 years of age. The year that he's had and what he's going to be able to do again next year. I think you go, I think starting next year, you would have to say Jeremy Cameron is the number one player in the game. So not I'm, that. Going, is that pretty good? Yeah, but I'd rather know who you think is going to end the season as oh, the number gosh, one player in the that's game. That's a whole different. Next week. That's a whole kettle mm. fish. I'll have a think about it. Who will be the top five at the end of the year? I like, if I had to pick one player for my team to start the season, I'm with you, Jeremy Cameron. I think that is an excellent choice. And that acquired his grand final, but still he was made a massive difference. The Cats traded three picks for him. They're worth every cent. I'd have Clayton Oliver number two ahead okay. of Lockie Neal. Okay, I think enough. I'd have Clayton Oliver number two. What about you, Kath? Um. Yeah. Sorry. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm just thinking ahead. I'm actually thinking about today's racing. Yeah. Sorry. I zoned out of the uh, top five <laughs> list conversation and then started thinking about the racing because it's a huge day at Royal Randwick and Flemington, and I've got a treat for you two next. A special guest who's going to join us. Give us a few tips. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. So much to look forward to, gents, on the screens of seven today. Epson Day at Royal Randwick and Turnbull Stakes Day at Flemington. Gents, when you think about racing on seven, who do you think of? Emma not Freeman. Bruce. No, not Emma. <laughs> big, 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 warm smile. Yes. Good style. Knows his stuff. Well, you could watch him all yeah. day. Bruce. Yeah. Tells a great story. Like, this man, Hamish. Hamish. This man. <laughs> this man is my favourite person, not only in racing, but on on TV generally. And when are, we, he, are we talking the same person, Jay-Z? Jason Richardson. We got Richardson. the same man? Jason yes, Richardson. Jason Richardson, and he's on the line <laughs> with us. Richo, welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Do you feel good about yourself now? <laughs> I am up and about. Uh, my head is wobbling massively. Uh, Jay-Z's in the house. Joey looks fantastic, but 
Move aside, you two flogs. I want to talk to Kat. Welcome <laughs> to the family, Kat. That's How why you're my favourite. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee, you do a superb job. How is it carrying those two? Oh, morning after hard. morning. Back's pretty sore, to be honest. We did <laughs> breakfast last week and that was a nightmare. Oh. But it's all in the past now, oh. Richo. We're looking forward to a big day of racing on seven. What are you looking forward to most? Tell me. I'm just here on the course at Ramwick, and the first thing to note is, hallelujah, it's not raining at last. So, uh, so much rain in Sydney, it's been remarkable. We're going to be on a rain-affected track here. So across the two venues we've got on seven, we've got $10 million of prize money up Whoa. for grabs, plus four Group 1s. Uh, win and you're in the Melbourne Cup uh, down in, uh, at Flemington with the Bart coming. These three huge Group 1s in Sydney, atmosphere will be electric. It's going to be fantastic stuff. What do, Have you had a bet any of you? Are you a punter, Kath, at all? Um, look, I don't mind a punt, but I'm a very that bad loser. Like no. Well, I don't like losing money, Richo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh really, <laughs> Richo? I like I like I like winning money though. So I want to go to the I want to go to the Turnbull Stakes. Uh, Leroy and I in here don't mind Young Werther each way, but I do watch a bit of Get On. So I've already had a little insight into some of your tips. But take us through a couple of the tips today because the punters out there, it's a beautiful time of year. Springs in the air. It's a beautiful day. Step aside, AFL. It's now racing season. So can you just steer the punters in the right direction to get their spring off to a nice start? So they have got a bit of money in the pocket. Yeah, I reckon uh, it's racing's time to shine, isn't it? So uh, four to six big weeks of racing. It's going to be fantastic. At Flemington today, we're going to end up racing on a on a good track in the Turnbull. I'm with you. I think young Berta is really a Flemington specialist. I think he can run really well at around 9, 9.50. I think you can get for him. Maximals, I think, the X factor in the race. This is a former European who's arrived in Australia. We haven't seen the absolute best of him, but he got on a dry track up in Queensland in June. And he was defeated by a horse called Wetor, and that was in a Group 1, and it was a superb performance. Behind him was Zaki. So I think at around $14 and $15, you can play Maximal, but also play Young Verta. So that's in the Turnbull Stakes. Yearning a little earlier on in the day in the Rose of Kingston. She's the top weight, horse number one, and she's around $6.50 yearning. For some reason, the punters all believe, oh, she's going to get back, but... Um, and needs some luck. Yes, that's true. She's still in the Cox Plate. There's an element of class about her. Right at the bottom of that same race is Fortunate Kiss. At any kiss you get, I reckon it's fortunate, especially when you've got a head like mine. So uh, that's in the Rose of Kingston. Up here in Sydney, three huge Group 1s. I think Fireburn, the Golden Slipper winner, runs in the flight stakes. Got to go back uh, 21 years since HaHa was able to win a Golden Slipper and then win a flight stakes. So it's very hard to do, but See, this girl looks in great shape. I think she's the one to beat. She is uh, the favourite. The Epsom, it'll be all about Chris Waller. I think he'll battle it out with Fangirl and also Hins. I think they can fight it out. Top ranked will be the big danger there. And then we get to the Metropolitan. I think Chris Waller again with no compromise uh, at a nice price to defeat the Ma Eustace team of Man Kane and LaDonda V. Does that sort of roughly uh, give you an idea of how many uh, different form references 
I've mentioned 147 horses. Good luck, punters. Uh, what happens, uh, Jason, is when you come on the radio, people just and instantly they just go straight to their notepads and their papers and they pick them up. And they jot down all these uh, num- names and numbers, that's for sure. Hey, I was at the valley last night and the wife was out on the tiles, so I took the kids to the valley and they were um, there for race one. Damien Oliver got off his horse and Johnny Allen and they gave the kids their so- gave the kids their goggles and signed their oh. goggles. So oh. the kids were absolutely wrapped with like, this is pool room stuff, especially uh, Damien Oliver. Young uh, Paddy, who got um, Damien Oliver's goggles, I, I think he slept with them last night, I'm told. Aww. So I take my hat off to the jockeys Aww. who got right around the kids. But, you know, I love a good story, especially in spring, Rich. So who do you think, which horse do you think is going to provide the story of the spring this year? Who are we going to be following throughout the main races that's going to dominate the headlines, do you think? Oh, gee, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, Jewess is the uh, the mare that was fantastic in the autumn, trained by Ed Cummings. She's the favourite for the Caulfield Cup and one of the key favourites for the Melbourne Cup. But how well is she going? She's going to be a big question mark. I think we need to follow the international form. I think Doville Legends are all but a good thing in the Melbourne Cup. I think you can still get around 8 or $9. Trained by James Ferguson, uh, a, an English trainer at Newmarket who knows a bit about the Melbourne Cup because he used to work for Godolphin and brought Cross Counter out to Australia when Cross Counter won the Melbourne Cup. He understands the right horse to bring out. He's targeted the race, Doville Legend. Uh, and then he's also bringing out another horse, a little horse by the name of El Bodegon, who's running in the Cox Plate. He's only 400 kilos. So when you see him in the Cox Plate, there'll be 10 or 12 runners in the Cox Plate, the uh, Wait for Age Championship of Australasia. He'll be the little tiny one. The, the the little engine that can give. Right. And uh, 400 kilos, he ran second in uh, the French Derby. He's a two-time Group 1 winner. I reckon he's got better form references than State of Rest, who won the Cox Plate last year. So I think when the spring's all over, we'll say the bloody internationals have beaten us again. They've come over. <laughs> El Bodegon to win the Cox Plate. Deauville Legend to win the Melbourne Cup. Caulfield Cup is going to be a really, really tough one. Maybe... Um, Allegron for Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. I just wanted to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Love, Love, it. Love it. How good is this? Richo's come on and declared the Melbourne Cup winner on the 1st of October. Richo, oh. you are a genius. Love it. We always love having you on the show. You're one yeah. of our favourites, and we're looking forward to watching the racing on Channel 7. Oh, thanks very much for the call. And, Kath, keep up the great work. Uh, enjoy your time with those two lunatics. <laughs> I'll try. Thanks, Richo. We know you're a busy man at this time of year, so we really appreciate your time. Hey, Joey. Yes. Did you know the Melbourne Marathon is on tomorrow? Yes, I did, because it's near my house and it's going to block the roads. <laughs> is what it's going to annoy me. You know it's tomorrow on, so morning. I, I thought you were it. saying, yes, I did, because I'm running it. No, because <laughs> the roads are going to be blocked along Beach Road, so, yeah. Infuriating. It does Josie, though, me. are you running it? I am. Keep an eye out for me. Uh, I love the half marathon uh, with my mates. I tell you what, the Melbourne marathon. Wait, wait, you're not half. doing the full marathon. Nah, well, I've had I've had some surgeries on my knees, so I just you know. I don't oh, like I don't make excuses. I like the half. The half is my hitting zone, Joey. So twenty one k. Have you done a full marathon before? No. Is that in your bucket list? Surely it's on a bucket yes, list. Yes, it do is. It. But I want to do like You're a, a New York runner. or Boston. Oh, I want to do the oh, full, yeah. I want to do the big event and yeah. just have a great week over there. So that, Wait, what's your best half marathon time? 148 is my best. 
So I'd love to do under 145. But the training program hasn't been amazing. But uh, I've got a big heart, Joey, so it'll be fine. But the Melbourne Marathon, <laughs> um, it is. I reckon it's one of Melbourne's best community events because what you see out there is you see kids with signs saying, go, mum, or you can do it, nana, yeah. or, you know, come on, dad. <laughs> you can do it, nana. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen a sign that says you can do it, nana. I have seen that sign. Seriously. <laughs> the last time I did the Melbourne Marathon, I had this 65-year-old woman Lucky. absolutely powerful. Hour past me, like she flew, and then I, I had to. I caught her, and I just struck up a chat with her. I'm like, I'm so in awe of what's going here. She was. You struck up a chat with yes. someone who's trying to run the marathon. I love chatting does, with her. Does a lot of conversation happen yes. in these the marathons? Yeah. Hey, that, so in the last one, the run Melbourne, there was a bloke who was starting to struggle at about the 18k mark, yeah. and we were overtaking him. He'd done his hamstring at the 2k mark. This was at 18k, and he was just battling through it like mm. an absolute warrior. So it's that sort of stuff which I love. Inspiration. Oh yeah, I love the. Right, there's lots of people running for various causes and for people. So there's it's an emotional. Yep. There's definitely an emotional part of this because everyone's got their own inspiration and, and reason for running. And like, so when you get, um, well, backups, I might come down and see you then and hold a sign. Go, Jay Z. <laughs> give me a high five. Little plate of lollies. How for much me? would you love it if you saw me if tomorrow saw morning? You. What times it start tomorrow I'd, morning? I'd stop and hug you. What so times we, it start? We. Um, Jet off at 8 o'clock. Oh, too early. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, you have to go and support. It's a Sunday. I would would go and support and hold up a sign if I was in Melbourne, but unfortunately I'm in Perth and I can't be there. But you know, Jay-Z, if I was in Melbourne, I'd be there with pom-poms and a sign. You'd smash it out. You would would be able to run that. You'd smash it out. Yeah, of course I would. Freak runner. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) and there's bands playing. You know, there's a great atmosphere. No offence to all the marathon runners, but mm-hmm. but this guy by the name of Ned Brockman is taking things to another level. Have you seen this guy on Instagram? He's going viral he's... and everyone is getting right around him. So he is trying to break um, the world record for the fastest crossing of Australia. Unbelievable. He's running from Cotso Beach in WA mm-hmm. to Bondi Beach 100 kilometres a day for 40 days. That's so that's the equivalent of nearly 100 Marathons. I'm pretty sure he's up to day 29. You can what? follow him on um, Instagram. Is he Ned still okay? Brogan, and he's mm. doing it to raise money for homeless people. Oh, so amazing. an amazing cause yeah. and just an amazing attempt. At, and I think he's on track. I've got to double check it because I haven't been um, following him closely in the last Forty-eight hours Kath, or so. He'd be, he'd be a great one to get as a guest in a few. I weeks think if we, we can should. Try and, pull that. Yeah. and that's made Jay feel really flat now about running his twenty-one well, pace. I was yeah. gonna, you're the athlete <laughs> here, Joey. Now the uh, the only issue is, you know, normally sort of you see you meant to really rehydrate the day before, carry your gels, all that sort of stuff. Beers or something? I normally have a couple of beers. <laughs> you know, that's my that's my prep. I don't know it's a carbo loading thing, yeah. but I sort of got to limit it um, at about three. But look, can't wait for all the runners out there tomorrow. Good luck. It's a superb event. The atmosphere is terrific. Lots of bands and. Um, and cheers. You yes. finish on the MCG, and uh, oh, I love it. So In all seriousness, credit to everyone that is doing the run. Good luck to yes. everyone involved, absolutely. Yep. Jess, we haven't even spoken about the NRL Grand Final, which is happening tomorrow, and it is a match-up for the ages. The Penrith Panthers, the minor premiers, taking on the Parramatta Eels for the first time in a grand final. And the Panthers, obviously looking for back-to-back premierships. The Eels looking for their first premiership since 1986. And we know the scenes and the celebrations involved when there's a drought-breaking premiership. So I think I'm on the Eels for this one. Yeah, this is going to be a cracking grand final. Penrith, they're playing in their third straight grand final. So if you remember, they lost to the Storm in 2020. Then they won a close one last year. And they're looking to to win again. They are the red-hot favourites, Penrith. They've got Nathan Cleary and 
They've been the dominant team all year. Almost think of it like Geelong in the AFL. But you're right, Parramatta, a team that a lot of people love, haven't won for 36 years. I think it's the longest active drought in a, as a premiership in the competition, Jay-Z. And we get an opportunity to see grand finals at night. So it's a 7.30 kickoff. If you want to see how grand finals are done at night, they do it really, really well, the yep. NRL, the, mm-hmm. the show and the performance and the lights and all that as well. So do you think now after, we haven't spoken about this actually, no. about the day grand final, you now a believer that we need to scrap the day grand final and make it a twilight yes. and how much better it looks after when we get the sun setting and a bit of night time. My preference is the twilight, so yep. then you get a bit of both. Yes. You know what I mean? I don't want all night. I don't want the ratings start. were really poor for the day grand final. Yeah, but similar to 2019 sort of pre-pandemic. So I think that a bit of mayo um, on that. But I think that the twilight is the best. You get a bit of a balance because you can start in the day. You can still have a good day. Yep. And then it finishes at night because Robbie Williams was spectacular. But anyway, and I think that change. I'll be surprised if that change isn't made. I'm going to go for Parramatta because we love the – we're cheering on the underdog show. Sure. Yeah, I think Penrith, and I think Penrith win comfortably. I think I've been a bit spooked by the AFL grand final, trying to make a case for Sydney, mm. but when really you look at it, it smacks you in the face. Pen- Penrith are like Geelong. They've been the best team all year. They've timed their run perfectly. I think they'll win this and probably win it pretty comfortably. It happens a lot in grand finals where there's a, there's a bit of a blowout. So we'd love to see a good game, but I think Penrith get it done and get it done well. Catherine, they get back-to-back premierships because they are the best team in the competition. All of these players have grown up together. They've all played, come through the junior ranks, and they are just a dominant side in the competition. And they've got the Norm Smith medal. Is it the Clive the Churchill? Clive Churchill, who, yeah. Who... Uh, Nathan Clear is the favourite. I mean, normally the halfback. He's $3, but uh, um, Yo is the one. He's, he's $11. He's, um, Isaiah? He's, Isaiah Yo is the smoky at 11 for those that maybe just want to oh, like have an interest. I like it. <laughs> Let's just hope it's a close game tomorrow after watching the AFL Grand Final last week. Hey, a little bit more trade news coming up next, Jay-Z. And yeah. before we do that, yeah. Jay-Z, Sam Wiedemann, I yeah. want to ask you about a lot of talk about him. What's the latest? Yeah, he's going to stay. So he's contracted for one more year. Bit of talk about him leaving for more opportunity. Brody Grundy's coming in. Of course, I'm a bit worried about Ben Brands. knee. Tom McDonald come back, sort of got those, those foot issues. So he's probably going to stay as insurance, Sam Wiedemann. Talented forward, but probably has hasn't quite established himself at the top level. But I think more as insurance, Sammy Wiedemann stays a demon. Let's chat Bulldogs next, Kath. Yeah, we'll get the rest of the trade goss with Jay-Z next. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Jane Kath. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. This time of year, Jay-Z, everyone can't get enough of trade talk and trade speculation. And it was pretty interesting viewing the uh, Western Bulldogs best and fairest the other night. Josh Dunkley uh, takes takes the home... The, Prize possession home, but but we all know that he's heading to Brisbane. Mm. Luke Beveridge says on stage, Brisbane have got a pony up. What's he worth? Yeah, uh, Josh Dunkley. I, I, it's a great question, Kath, and I feel like this is going to be like as we love the argy bargy of this time of year, <laughs> and I feel like this is going to be the one which goes down to the wire on Josh Dunkley because you got Dom Ambrosio as the list manager at Brisbane. He's a hard negotiator. A hard, I think he does a great job up there at the lines. And you got Semi Power at the Western Bulldogs, who equally has an unbelievable poker face. So you got two of the um, toughest negotiators in the AFL going at it over the Josh Dunkley deal. Now, the Western Bulldogs are quite clear. They want two found first-round picks for Josh Dunkley. I think they'll definitely get one of them. I'm not sure they're getting a second for Josh Dunkley. So how do you rate him, um, Joey? Because I don't know how many players are worth two first-round picks at the moment. I think, and we'll get to some of the other Bulldogs move in a second, what do you think is fair price for Josh Dunkley? Because we've seen with Trelaw and Dylan Shield, Dane Beams, the two first-round picks yeah. haven't really ever lived up to that price, I think. Yeah, no, and two first-round picks can vary. I mean, two 
picks inside 10. You know, if it's picks 6 and 8 or something, he's different to getting picks 13 and 17, yes. which are also first-round picks. So, look, I think he's worth one top 10 pick. If they don't, you maybe get two picks in the teens and get something back in return. So yep. maybe pick 17, you swap it for pick 30, and you, you don't lose out too much. Oh, look. It seems to me, though, why wouldn't Brisbane be able to get this done? Because they don't need their first pick. Because remember, they're going to get father-son Will Ashcroft. And they so, need the points. But can't they just load up like other teams do, load up with points at like picks in the 20s and 30s and 40s? And they don't necessarily need to keep their pick 15 or whatever their first pick is at the moment. Yeah, but that sort of does get absorbed a bit by Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher. Remember, they've got to get Gunston in the door as well, which could be a trade. So they are under the pump um, a little bit. Do you think is he... can go into deficit. They can go into deficit, of course. Is he an A-grader, Josh Dunkley? Um, Career best season, won the Western Bulldogs. He's a borderline A-grader. Well, it then depends not, on how big you, you know how your A grade basket, but he's not in the elite midfielders in the comp. No, yeah. but he's just off the elite mids. And that's the answer to the question that he can't be worth two first yeah. round picks. What about the Bulldogs generally? So they get in um, Liam Jones. They've added Brendan Laid from an assistant coaching staff, I think, which helps um, Luke Beveridge, Rory Lobb, who is contracted at Fremantle. This is going to be a tough negotiation as well. They bring him next to bring him forward next to Aaron Norton, Jamari Gilhagen. They got Sam Darcy there, mm. who looks like an absolute superstar. They need a reprogram the way they defend. What do you make of the Bulldogs' moves, and is it enough for them to rejoin the top four mix next year? Yeah, absolutely. I think they can rejoin the top four mix if they do, as we know, change their defensive system and add in some pieces. So they're they're identifying these key positions, posts is what they need. They do have an abundance of midfielders, so I don't think Dunkley's going to be a massive loss. Like, when you still think about it, there's still McRae, Bontempelli, Liberatore, Bailey Smith, you know, and they've got some other youngsters in there as well. The other one we're hearing is Lockie Hunter. There's been a lot swirling around about him. Um, He's got the... He's got the irrits. I think so. I believe he might not have even been at the best and fairest the other night, potentially. Where so. do you rate? Really? Is, is Lockie Hunter's best um, footy behind him? I think he's best footy's behind him. I think he's a, he's a solid wingman. Yeah. yeah but again, it, you're not giving up the farm to get Lockie Hunter oh, if another club wants him. But he's pick a, 50, isn't he? Very reliable player. Oh, he's probably better than pick 50. Right. But the dogs, but again, my point is the dogs have got enough midfielders yep. that, you know, they can they can maybe, you know, lose a few North and bring, Melbourne. In, bring in some players they want. Is but, it a club like North Melbourne? Who could maybe yeah, go, potentially. go there. Yeah. West Coast. We saw Jaden Hunts going to West Coast. Yep. We see Dev Robinson maybe going to West Coast um, from Brisbane. Jaden Hunt is electrifying at times from Melbourne. Is he a big loss for them, do you think? I mean, they've got Trent Rivers on a halfback flank. What sort of pickup is nah, he? No, he's, he's fringe best 22, isn't he, Jaden Hunt? They've got Jake Bowie and, and Trent Rivers in that sort of same role across halfback. So... Um, good luck to him. He gets to you know play probably some you know senior footy three years, some guaranteed money, security as a as a player that's um you know has always fought hard for his career. So um, West Coast Eagles getting for nothing, so always a free hit. You mentioned North Melbourne, Jay Z. How are their negotiations going now? Like, what are you hearing out of North in terms of this this whole mess around Alistair Clarkson just throws a massive spanner in the works for yeah. for all those potential uh, trades they were going to get done. You know, you can understand players now questioning whether they want to go to North Melbourne, not knowing who the coach is going to be. Yeah, it's flattened the playing group. There's no doubt that it has have, it has had an impact. I think Griffin Logue from Fremantle um, still gets there. Maybe you know that's a um, late first round sort of second round pick. I think Hunter Clark is the really interesting one. And St Kilda have said quite clearly they don't want to lose him. And if I was St Kilda, I wouldn't want to mm. let him go either. I think he's mm. one of their best young players. They need more Hunter Clarks, not less Hunter Clarks. So I think, um, you know, he's not certain to make the move to North Melbourne. But you're right, it, it uh, clearly has had an impact. Whether they can land a couple of extra players, you know, I think is still yet to be seen. But expecting Griffin Logue 
to go there. And do you think his best footy is forward or, or back? No, he's a defender. He, he's, a, yeah. he's a defender. He'll be a very, very good defender. I think Josh Gibson in that mould, you know, the strong, undersized, but can fight above his weight. Yeah. He'll have a very good career as a defender. And Adelaide, I think we need to talk about. They're excited. They're forward line. They get Isaac Rankin. That pairs up with Rochelle, Phil Thorpe, uh, Darcy Fogarty, Tex Walker. McAdam. McAdam as nicely, well. isn't it? They've got Malira as an exciting sort of line breaker. Can Adelaide make that – could they be one of the biggest bolters next year? Can they make that quantum leap up? I feel like it's a big year for Matty Nix. Yeah, potentially. Their, their midfield still needs a bit more. More depth in the midfield for them. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. I'll kick us off today, team, because yep. I've just got a little minor one. I feel yep. like you guys got a bigger one than me. Um, reclining your seat in economy on an aeroplane. Don't do that. Like, really? What's it going to give you? An extra, like, 30, second, 30 centimetres of a recline? Like, just don't. It really is the good, don't be that it person. It really is a good person factor, isn't it? Because you, everyone that's in economy thinks about it. You go, I really want to recline my yes. chair here. But yeah. you, you do think about the person behind Only you. Only the so selfish good people, people do. Exactly, Kathy. Yeah. Yes. So people say, I want yeah. to, but the right thing to do is not because I know how little leg room there is. But there are some selfish people out there. So this is the clear like play. It. This is the plane strategy. So when you're sitting behind someone, what you've got to do is you've got to talk to that person oh. in front of you early. you got to make good eye contact. you got to say, how are you going? What are you doing? In True. Perth or blah, Build blah, blah. a relationship so then if they and let it, you down yeah. and recline the seat, they're, yes. they're an even more selfish person than, it, than you thought. It is aeroplane entrapment because once you've established that connection, <laughs> they can't recline back on you. So that's always a good strategy. Be nice. But even off from a lolly. If you got a little lolly, just off from, you know, like you build that rapport. They can't come back on you once you've yeah, done that's that. that's true. So, that's true. Smart. Hey, um, Mike, give me a, so that's a good one, Kath. Mike, give me a spell. And we touched on this earlier, but Sheeds, what are you, what are you doing? The Essendon yeah. Football Club just keeps tripping over itself. He's, he's potted the coaching selection. The day they've announced Brad Scott, it is extraordinary. What a story for Mark Robertson. You can read that in the Herald Sun. Old Sheeds, it might just be time to ship off the Essendon oh, board. So. Hey, Mike, give me a spell. It's a good one. Jay, I'll try and uh, match that. Hey, did you see on socials going around the jockey over in France oh, I did see that this. punched the other jockey mid-race and knocked no, him off what? his... He punched another jockey mid-race and knocked him off his horse, Kath. One of the most yeah. dangerous things you would see. Yeah. He's been banned for 60 days. His name's Christophe Sumion. Yeah. He's basically the Damien Oliver yes. of French racing. And they are about to come up to the Arc de Triomphe, which is like their version of the Melbourne yes. Cup. Like it's and a he's massive... going to miss it. And, well, he's going to miss the next. I'm surprised he only got a 60-day well, ban. Rightly They're... so, if he's punched Midway another jockey. Midway through the race, he's punched the jockey next to him, knocked him off his horse. Yep. Give me a spell. Mm. Oh, yeah. How yeah. dangerous is that? I think the ban is actually slightly delayed. So well, he to can, let him race this So again. I think he can race in the big one. <laughs> and, then, and then the ban actually um, takes place after that, which is extraordinary. Like, if you haven't seen it, check it out on socials. He's fair dinkum whacked him on the back straight. And did you see him cartwheeling? Once he's, how he's, he's, I think he's okay. He's yeah. uninjured, which is extraordinary. Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. We've been there for it all. Four and 20, Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend. Dead set legend of the week. We know we like to recognise some uh, some people doing great things around the world. Mm. Generally, we stick to the sport. And there's a young uh, 18-year-old Australian, Egyptian-born Australian named Garang Kual, who's been playing for the Central Coast Mariners. He's just signed a multi-year deal with Newcastle United in the EPL to mm. make him one of the highest-paid Australian soccer players in the world. Just 18 years of age. Yep. Young teen sensation. He's represented Australia already, but keep an eye on him. Garang Quoll is going to be a star of the national team, but good luck to him after January. He'll head off to Newcastle United to play 
in the EPL. Every boy's dream as a soccer player, and uh, well wow. done to him. A very harsh Joey on Geelong champion Joel Selwood. Oh, we said we haven't heard Joel's enough off. about I Joel think... this week. I wanted one more tribute. What's Joel just done this week? Oh, I haven't heard about Joel this week. What's he done? <laughs> He's just he, no, finished Joel. his career. Yeah. Make the, you'll just feel good on you, Joel Selwood. What <laughs> a wait. We're all Joel Selwood out. out. <laughs> hey, you two. Good luck on the punt today. I'll see yes. you next week. This has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe Janka. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. So uh, well done, Joe. Your hard work's being rewarded. Just some of my best work. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always my little one.